Welcome to the Captain Bagrat podcast, where we're on a mission to fight boring news about Asia and Australia. You know, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it with a finger on the Asian, well, Asianish pulse. As always, we're recording from downtown Chinatown with yours truly, the mythical Madam Chan and friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Captain Bagrat podcast. Got a surprise today. Got Oppa Adam in the house. Here we go. Oh, hey, this Adam. Is, this is becoming a more frequent thing. <laughs> well, you know, Captain Bagrat is recruiting more co-hosts to fight the good fight on lighthearted and informative news in Asia. I mean, more fingers on the Asian pulse, the better, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yes, good point. <laughs> so uh, we're going to actually, I got a special shout out to fans in Michigan, US of A. Wow, Michigan. I know, of all places, I did not expect this, but about 15% of our listeners are from the US, and for some odd reason, more than half of them are from Michigan. Nothing to do with the Idaho potato <laughs> episode or something? Maybe, I don't know. So there's been like nearly 100 downloads since we launched in November last year. So, hey Michigan, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us all the way from the other side of the world. I'm glad you find us entertaining from down under here. <laughs> so coming up in Ponder Ponder, Adam and I are going to chat about kittens. Is that yes. right? Yes, we are. Yes. Okay, this excellent. Is, this has been something I've been pondering a lot lately. Well, I can't wait to delve straight into it. <laughs> well, after a, um, you know, Asian, unexpected Asia. Uh, and we also have a special tribute this episode to Robert Lee Hawke. We do, yeah. We've got a lot of things to say about Robert Lee Hawke. Yeah. Isn't so, he part Asian or something? Yeah, yeah, he is. But we'll save that for later. Okay. We've got some fast facts on Bob, so uh, everyone, hold your seat. Okay. <laughs> Let's kick it off, Opa Abram. What's new in the unexpected Asia world? Well, the biggest announcement I could find mm. um, in the last few days is that sea cucumbers are now safe in India. Oh, really? Do you know that? <laughs> oh, I know I do. So, like, <laughs> so apparently there's quite an illegal trade um, operating out of Sri Lanka to harvest sea cucumbers. Oh, And they're wow. usually sold into China or to Southeast Asia for medicinal purposes. Of course, it's always medicinal, right? Do, so did you know this? Okay, I'll tell you some quick facts about sea cucumbers. They've known that if you eat them... Um, they've got a number of uh, benefits, including um, people treating people who have problems with frequent urination, um, <laughs> people that have problems with impotence, um, uh, and then just more common stuff like arthritis or even being known to be a cure for cancer. Well, I've never tasted a sea cucumber, but I do know its counterpart on land, which is a normal cucumber, and they usually come as continental Lebanese or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, Are they that's crunchy? Right. Have, you, have you tried one? No, um, I haven't eaten a sea cucumber. I've seen a few of them. Apparently, there's over 1,450 different species of sea cucumber. Are you kidding? And in Indian waters, there's over 173 of those different species. <laughs> so it's quite the, the region for them. I'm guessing they're quite expensive if they're labelled as medicinal. Yeah, and and just it's it's also like interesting to think about the other reasons why um, this is such a, a an interesting story. So did you know that sea cucumbers can actually grow up to six feet in size? That's a pretty big cucumber. And they have some role of like eating the coral and then turning it into sand. Like that's one of their key functions is to help the reef to break down like the dead coral. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, I know it's weird, isn't I it? I had no idea. I just saw sea cucumbers with these like limp little things just float. Well not actually they don't really float, they just sink to the bottom. They're they're bottom feeders, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool facts. Yeah, nice. Excellent. So I'm gonna take us to Hong Kong. 
Okay. Yeah, Hong Kong Airport. What's going on in Hong Kong? So, uh, when I was young, backpacking in Hong Kong, uh, we obviously had to go through the Hong Kong Airport, which uh, back then was quite new. And, oh my God, I, just, I still remember that day when we were walking through this massive, uh, just massive lanes and terminals. Yeah. And I was just like, this is the most amazing construction I've ever seen in my whole entire life. It was so special new everything was like shining mm. big windows mm. and it was mm. nothing like anything i've seen in australia or elsewhere in asia yeah uh and now hong kong's brought in wait for this a, a sanitizer machine due to covid19 right tell me how tell me about this machine so imagine like a lift but you uh -huh. can fit one person and it's really cramped like those things when you're getting the x-rays done and you have that, to stand up with your arms yes, like yes, up in the air. Yeah, or uh, like getting a spray tan. Okay. Yeah, so you're standing there and you stand there for 40 seconds in this cramped yep. space and they spray out with disinfectant and you get disinfected of bacteria. But you have to stand inside it like yeah. an elevator thing. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I know, but it's, I think it's only for staff at the moment. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so just to, you know, sa uh, for safety reasons, uh -huh. health and safety. Um, but can you imagine? It's kind of like walking into a microwave and goes, ding, you've been sanitized. <laughs> you've been sanitized, yeah. <laughs> I always liked Hong Kong Airport, how they've got those little, um, you know how they've got little voices on the on the little travelator things. Yeah. Like so when you're standing on it, it's like warns you that you're coming to the end just in case you happen to be like <laughs> off with the ferries thinking about something phone. else. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, a lot of people use their phones so they're always looking down and not really observing what's around them, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe it has a purpose. But I like the little voices that come on. <laughs> I can just see you there, Upper Adam, s sitting next to her going, oh, the soothing voice of the elevator Well, they do woman. like three different languages. Like they do like, you know, Chinese, English, and um, Cantonese, Cantonese, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they also brought in a um, ultraviolet air sanitizer machine as well. So it literally looks like a robot out of the Jetsons. You know Rosie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like her. And the arms sort of flailing around, spraying out like <laughs> <Yeah>. disinfectant. <laughs> it's like everyone, <laughs> get out of my way. <laughs> God. Um, do you want to know another interesting story out of Asia? Sure. Um, so sticking with the theme of India... Oh, gosh, what else now? So after 40 days of lockdown, um, Indian bottle shops have now opened again. And <laughs> it's apparently, it's going crazy. Like, they had to call in the police to sort out the lines and stuff because people weren't social distancing and they were starting to, like, pile up on each other and everybody wanted to get their supply of booze back again. So well, you I wouldn't traditionally think of India as, like, a high-consumption-of-alcohol country. But, but yeah. yeah, they need their booze too. Can you imagine if Australia shut down for 40 days and there was no booze shop whatsoever? Well, they put those limits on, right? Did, wasn't WA. it like, <laughs> it was only in WA? It wasn't across the whole country? Like, wasn't it like you could only buy like one bottle of spirits per person or something like that or two bottles of wine or something? Yeah, I think that was WA. I think, uh, yeah, I think with the New South Wales. Surprise, Northern Territory got away without doing something <laughs> like that. I think they had the highest <laughs> amount of like alcohol consumption and drunks over there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we should look at that for a future episode. <laughs> yeah, because I know ACT had um, restrictions and all my friends were telling me, oh, apparently two cases per person per day or a whole... How could you survive on two cases a day? <laughs> you know, Hawkey Hawk, couldn't survive on two cases a day. No, no, Hawkey can't. No. <laughs> well, but we'll get back to him later. So, Upper Adam, what have you been pondering this week? Mm, 
something that's probably been taking up way too many brain cells for me is I wonder when the cats are going to come back to Pet Barn. I went up to Pet <laughs> Barn me? This I thought morning. you were going to say about TikTok. <laughs> no, like, um, no, seriously, like our local Pet Barn hasn't had cats for like the last six weeks. Have they been open the whole and time as well? Yeah, mostly, I think so. Like, and like with, you know, normal restrictions about how many people in the shop and all that sort of stuff. Mm. But um, so if you don't know, Pet Barn actually has an agreement with the RSPCA and a few other um, animal charities to, um, to, to put, you know, kittens up for adoption. And so any of the kittens that, um, that you see in the shop have all been de-sexed and vaccinated and they're ready for a new home. And obviously spending a lot of time at home over the last couple of months, I thought, oh, maybe it'd be cool to get a cat because, you know, just something to have around the house and... A lot of people thinking about adopting dogs yeah. and puppies as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm. I, I would I would adopt a dog, but we don't have a backyard. And so yeah. living in a small apartment, it's probably not the best. Cat's probably thing. the best. I, I did ask if we could bring them into the office as well. That would be pretty pretty cool. We do need an office dog or something. I think so. Pet therapy is probably one of the best to uh, help out with anxiety, I hear. Yeah, so anyway, I, I would have thought that now would be prime time for adopting kittens. And so, um, yeah, I want to know why Pet Barn doesn't have any kittens in the shop at the moment. Oh, because apparently there's an influx of people adopting from RSPCA Direct. Oh, so maybe there's a shortage of kittens. There's a shortage. They're not making it. Yeah. The great kitten shortage of 2020. <laughs> That's right. And middlemen like, you know, Pet Barn, they They're don't have not, a bar of it. can't do it. I'm going to look into this. <laughs> <laughs> and go, hey, I think you should start this initiative again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, talking about cats, this is a little bit off tangent, but it's still about cats. I've been following the welfare of Julian Assange's cat, Michi, for a while. Okay. Did you know that he had a cat? I didn't know that he had a cat. I did hear that he had a wife and a son. <laughs> Which he's probably also uh, not treating very well at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Fully. That's yeah, kind of I care about their welfare too. But it's something that I've been following for, you know, here and there for over a year or two. And Michi is also well known as the embassy cat. So um, it was also for Assange when he had anxiety, I suppose, when he was in the Ecuadorian embassy. Yeah, okay. Uh, and Michi is so famous for wearing these so all these adorable like little ties and ties. stuff. I know like, they come in all sorts of colours and patterns. I'm just looking this up. This is incredible. I know. And he's just so cute. The Embassy Cat. <laughs> Embassy Cat. He's known on Twitter and Instagram is undoubtedly a PR play for Wikilinks. That's right. And his hashtag is counterprevalence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's so cheesy. <laughs> yeah, so I've been trying to search uh, any information about Michi, where, oh, Michi's whereabouts. Whereabouts, yeah. So there's uh, speculation, uh, apparently he's in a shelter, or he's been adopted by another international fugitive of mystery. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I guess he's used to indoor living. That's right. You so know, hopefully he's safe somewhere. It kind of kind of looks like that thing people do for the kids. You know how they put like teddy bears in the front window? <laughs> I know. It's like put Mitchie your cat in the front window and dress him in a silly tie. See if it'll get some media attention. And I'll have all these like puns and taglines. They're actually quite witty if you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> that moment when you realise that your owner, Julian, is going to jail for hacking you for all the hacking you've been doing. <laughs> And apparently there's all these other jokes about uh, Julian not cleaning up Wiki, his Mitchie Wiki leaks. leaks. Oh, Mitchie leaks. Mitchie leaks. <laughs> oh, God. I know. How terrible. <laughs> the cat's yeah. also met a lot of famous people who've come to visit him, including 
Baywatch babe, Pamela, Pamela Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. There was rumours that they were having an affair for a while. This man is amazing. I mean, for such a future, for a fugitive, he's definitely still scoring. Yeah, well, he's got plenty of time on his hands. I can imagine it get a bit boring being locked inside all, t- all the time. Have you seen some of these pictures? Shredding. I love pending yeah, WikiLeaks releases. <laughs> it's <Awesome>. so cute. <laughs> so cool. This week is the anniversary of a prominent figure in Australian history, which mm-hmm. I think uh, goes quite well under secret Asians or Asian-ish. What's the password? Captain Bagrat. Come in. Yep, so Bob Hawke, otherwise he's, you know, pro- uh, proper name is Robert Lee Hawke, yep. um, is quite well known amongst us. Uh, well, other, actually, he's quite, he's quite well known as Hawkey in Australia. He is, yeah. He even has his own lager, which we're enjoying right now. That's right. Cheers. Cheers to that. We'll have a drink for him. Yeah, so on 16th of uh, May, it's uh, been one year since Hawke's departure. From... Oh, it's insane. I know. I can't believe one year has gone that fast. I just like that natural national natural national portrait gallery picture of him yeah. <laughs> drinking a milkshake. Have you seen that? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, it's so good. I'll show you. I'm surprised he's not drinking a beer. No, but he's like, he's teetotal, right? Um, like he had some real problems with alcohol back in the early days mm. um, and sort of came off the rails a bit. And he, when he was sworn into office as prime minister, he actually... Um, he became teetotal. So um, Bob Hawke was a key uh, founder of the Asia Pacific Economic Corporation. There you um, go. Yeah, and it all started um, on 31st of January 1989, something that, you know, Asia and Australia and some of the other countries, uh, well, you know, ASEAN, so all the Southeast yep. Asian nations as well, um, yep. have come together Um yeah, and it was all conducted during a lunch on at the Korean Business Association in Seoul. I never knew that. Yeah. Interesting. So he was quite an iconic Australian. Mm. Um, he loved horse racing. He loved cigars and he uh-huh. loved any type of Australian sport. Okay. And I think he took a keen interest in the in sailing after the America's Cup. Yeah. With, yeah. With, He's quite famous for that. Yeah, uh, with Alan Bond. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't he give everyone the day off or something? Yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a prime minister. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a fast fact for you. Hawkey's middle name is Lee. Booyah. So he's technically almost Asian. So it's Robert James Lee Bob Hawk. Yes, <laughs> and it's L-E-E, like the Asian Lee, as like opposed to L-E-I-G-H Lee. Yeah, right. Okay. I know, it's pretty amazing. I where that comes from. <laughs> Maybe like a gold prospector is like his great-grandparent or something like that. <laughs> it's his uh, mother's surname, maiden name. Uh, yeah. Okay, there Lee. you go. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so another fast fact. He's the longest-serving Labor Prime Minister, having served mm-hmm. four terms. Say yep. what? Yep. And he holds um, a couple of other records, right? Yeah, what, what records so does he, he hold? So he's the third, he's the third longest serving prime minister in Australia. Booyah! Wow. And he he also actually was the subject of a planned assassination attempt. Did you know that? Say what? Really? By which country? Um, by some group called the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine. <laughs> <laughs> After he showed commitment to the cause for Jewish refuse, Nick. Okay. Whatever that means. (laughs) (laughs) 
Wow, all this information's coming out about hockey, yep. right? He was awarded the Australia the Order of Australia Medal for his service to trade unions and industrial relations. And what else are some interesting things about them? He um, he reintroduced Medicare. Yep. Into Australia, um, he introduced uh, superannuation. So where the company has to pay for employees' superannuation contributions. Mm-hmm. He um, improved school retention rates and um, also introduced the HEX scheme, so the Higher Education Contribution Scheme, so that students could pay for the university and then like pay it back out of their tax you know, once they earn a, above a certain threshold. I think we, a lot of people can definitely uh, associate with that one. Yeah. yeah. And he also was uh, responsible for the part privatisation of the Commonwealth Bank. Wow. Yeah. I got some more. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> okay, here we go. He he gave Australia its official identity. Okay. Yeah, so when he came into power in 1983, uh, there was a plebiscite about um, the Australian uh, national anthem. Okay. Yeah. So there were choices given out to the public and Advanced Australia Fair was chosen above uh, God Save the Queen, which was the original song yeah, that yeah. would have been played yeah. um, at school or at the Olympics. So, you know, it would have been pretty confusing if <laughs> <laughs> Australia and the UK had the same uh, yeah. national anthem at the Olympics would be a bit awkward. Which they did until 1984 at the LA Olympics. That, that went, late? Yeah, wow. in LA. That's when it was completely changed. Yeah. Uh, and it was also at the Olympics that um, Bob Hawke, or the Labour Party, uh, gave Australia its official colours, the green and gold, to parade uh, at the Olympics as well. What did we do before that? Uh, I don't think it was officially green and gold. Uh, I think right. it was probably the blend of blues and whites and reds. So gr- green for the gum trees and gold for the wattle or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. But not to be confused with Brazil. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it was it was quite amazing because um, that year, because it was a concrete Australian identity with a song and with yeah. the colours, the Australian Dream, Olympic Dream Team won double the amount of medals compared to the years before. No way. Yeah, yeah, yes. And they won double the amount of gold medals compared to the two previous games. Yeah, wow. So maybe that bit of Aussie pride. Some motivation. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) So that's pretty amazing. Yeah, wow. I know. Uh, And he also floated the Australian dollar. He did, yeah. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. That's a big achievement, actually. I think I was too young for that. (laughs) Um, What else did he do? He was a bit of a geek, actually, like through his university life. So he studied um, in Western Australia Mm. and he graduated with a Bachelor of Arts and a Bachelor of Arts in Law. And then he won a Rhodes Scholarship to attend the University College of Oxford. Um, So he studied over in the UK. And that's where he made another notable achievement. In... Drinking. Oh, yes. How could we have not touched on this earlier? <laughs> he lost, apparently he lost a bet. So he had to sink um, a yard glass a y- of beer. Yeah, yard arm or something like that. Yeah, yeah. which is 1.4 litres of beer. And he yeah, did that in 11 seconds. Yeah, that's in. That's, that's insane. insane. I know. 1.4 litres of beer in 11 seconds. I know. So that's, I think, three points, like pint, oh, actually 2.5 pints. Yeah. Um, so we're currently drinking the Hawks Lager, which yeah. is 375 mils. So it's about... How many six... That would be like two six-packs in 11 seconds. No. That'd be like that'll be like a beer a second. It's one point four liters, so this is three seventy five. So I reckon about three and a bit of this, and he did it in eleven seconds. Maybe a bit more. Maybe a whole yeah. six pack. How much? What's three seventy five times six? 
because that would be That's close to 1.4. Yeah. I'm Asian. I can do maths, I think. <laughs> Says he who gets out his phone to try and like Adam is, is now getting his phone 2. out to calculate. <laughs> That's a lot of beer. That's a lot of beer, yeah. Wow. Man's amazing. And it was a bet. Uh, yeah, I think he lost a bet, so that's why he had to sink the yard glass, and <laughs> and and that has stuck with Bob for his entire career. That's so. <laughs> I, I I think um somewhere he said that 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 was that that made the biggest contribution to success <laughs> in his political career out of anything that he did, like becoming a man of the people, you know, um, and, and being able to knock back a beer. So, like, when you look on YouTube under Bob Walk, like, there's all these, like, little um, uh, video um, segues of him, like, sculling beers at the, at the horse races. <laughs> Uh, Bob Hawke also, well, his party, passed the Sex Discrimination Act 1984, which is now known as the Workplace Gender Equality Act 2012. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Bob Hawke, the People's PM. That's right, People's PM, and, you know, supporter of women. Yeah, that's good. That's pretty cool. He's done some amazing things. He has, he really has. And I think um, after he became the Prime Minister, he also uh, did quite a lot for his universities yep. and for the Muslim community as well. Yeah, he was big into his um, mm. cultural diversity. That's right. Yep. And I think that has been influenced by his father. So uh -huh. his father was a, a reverend and his father, there's a quote here that I think pretty much explains Bob. Yeah. He's passed on to me the fundamental beliefs I have, and that is, we are in this world not just to advance our own interests, but we owe an obligation to our fellow human beings. Oh. So, given the context of today with you know the COVID nineteen, yeah. I think, and and climate change, I think, yeah. you know, if we had Bob around, perhaps things would have been you know a little bit different. He probably would have. Yeah. Be more of a humanitarian. Yeah, mm. yeah. He was he was a bit of a socialist, right? People mm. said that he was like all about social reform and yeah. equality. For people. And yeah, yeah, for the people, you know. Yeah. What a great Australian sort of trait. I know. So he always has a special place in my heart and, you know, considered a hero really because my, um, my mother and I, we came over during Hawke's uh, PM ship and he's just had such a big influence on the Chinese Australian community as well as the Chinese international students who came yeah. over during that difficult period by, you know, showing a lot of compassion. Um, and plus my mother always talked about him because when I was at, when I was at school, cause, um, she got the opportunity to feed him dumplings. No way. Yeah way. So she used to work in his, um, private kitchen in New okay. Palm house. Okay. <laughs> oh, this is the Canberra connection. This is the Canberra connection. Yeah. So there was a, like a German head chef and then, um, I think Bob must've gone past and saw, uh, you know, you know how there usually is a window for the yeah. pass. And yeah. then he must have uh, seen my mother and just went, huh, I got a Chinese in here. Have some yeah. dumplings. And she she used to be the dumpling maker. <laughs> so she ended up being the dumpling maker for him. Wow. Yeah, it's called... That's really cool. Yeah, dumpling diplomacy, mate. Dumpling diplomacy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, God. I had to throw that in. <laughs> God. So good. He had a pretty good innings, though. Like, he, he, went, he lived till he was 89. That's pretty good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I found the last one. Okay. Um, so he became the 23rd Prime Minister of Australia. Yeah. Without ever having been a minister beforehand. So he went kidding? straight into parliament as the opposition leader or went straight into parliament, got nominated as the opposition leader and then became prime minister wow. in the election. Because these days you've got to go in as a minister for a while, Yeah, right? that's right. You've got to build your cred. You've got to build your street cred. Build your posse, get your support together. 
Do you know how you got in? It's that drinking record. <laughs> <laughs> we had to practice, you know? No, jeez. <laughs> oh, well, Adam, cheers to hockey, hey? Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Here's to hockey. Here's to hockey again. I don't know if we'll ever mm. have another iconic prime minister like him. To have a beer named after you is pretty impressive. Exactly. These two guys. Yeah. <laughs> Australian guys. I think they were in New York and it was Australia Day and they both posed the question, you know, if you could have a beer with someone right now, who yeah. would it be? And I think they both said Bob Hawke and that's when the idea was uh, pinged and they contacted him and then the rest is history. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah, pretty amazing stuff. Nice. <laughs> well, next week we'll continue the banter. With Liam uh-huh. and Adam as uh-huh. co-hosts. Uh-huh. So it'll be great if we can have all three, but if we can't, uh, well, you know. I think we can make this happen. We can definitely make it happen. And we'll also be bringing in a fourth person. So I won't surprise who she might be. <laughs> we have to nudge her a little more. It's a she-male. It's a she-male. <laughs> yes, she's a she-male. <laughs> and she's from Southeast Asia. Uh-huh. <laughs> and once again, thank you, Michigan. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> At least we've given them a bit of Australian culture to chew on. <laughs> I'm going to buy some facts about Michigan from now on. <laughs> yeah, I know nothing about Michigan. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. And thanks, Adam. All right. Bag rat out. Later. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For the latest updates and kooky posts, follow us at Captain Bagrat on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you love it as much as Captain Bagrat and we do, please support us with likes and shares. If you're really digging Captain Bagrad, it does cost us a bit to produce and we really appreciate donations and in-kind contributions via Patreon or however you like. I mean, we will never say no to be a sponsorship. Your support will bring us one step closer to having our own TV show one day and to live broadcast it from the heart of downtown Chinatown. Solid.